As usual, it's an honor to stand here to open God's word to you. And um, just before I do, I have some wonderful friends here. Dave and Priscilla Ferguson. Dave, just wave your hand. And I have Marilyn and Bob. And by the way, Marilyn and Bob just got married. Give them a hand. Not too long ago, yes. Um, and Dave and Priscilla went through the tornado that hit. It hit their, houses, their house, but um, by God's grace, they're okay. So we give God thanks for that. So welcome, guys. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that you are here. And we thank you, God, just like the Caribbean Ocean never left Jamaica. You have never left us or forsaken us. Speak through me this morning. Allow me to proclaim your words in such a way that lives will be transformed for your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name I pray with thanksgiving. <coughs> Amen. In February, when I was here, I preached part one of the sermon series, He Saw the Best in Me, Lessons from the Life of Gideon. Today, I'd like to preach part two. And uh, Mark said I can keep you guys until midnight, so put your seatbelts on. We'll be here for a while. No, no, then I promise I won't go till midnight. <laughs> but quickly, let's recap what we learned in part one. We learned that God had a plan for Gideon. And God has a plan for your life as well. We also learned that God saw the best in Gideon. And God sees the best in you. We also learned that failure is an event, not a person. You might have made some mistakes, but that does not define who you are. We also learned that in order for God to use Gideon, his mind had to be renewed. And in order for God to use you, your mind needs to be renewed as well. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. Re is a prefix that means going back to something. Words like restore, refurbish, repent. They all mean going back to something. And God wants to renew our minds. So how do you renew your minds? You renew your mind by feeding on the word of God. Just simply believe God's word. And once you start reading God's word, you're going to get faith. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That means to get more faith, get more word. Because God wants to renew all our minds to make sure that he can use us. So now God renews Gideon's mind. And Gideon is now starting to agree with God. But Gideon, being human, needed assurance. Do you need assurance this morning? Are you about to make a decision and you're praying, you're wondering, God, am I making the right decision? What do I need to do to have assurance that I'm making the right decision? Implement two verses. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Let me say that once more. 
And I'm going to highlight a few words. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not. Lean not. Lean not on your own understanding. And this is very important. Why? Because our understanding has been contaminated by the world around us. Our understanding has been shaped by our experiences. And God is saying to all of us, in order for me to use you like I use Gideon, you must renew your mind and you cannot lean on your own understanding. And the answer lies in the verse I shared with the kids earlier. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6 says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. You might remember um, a couple of Sundays ago when I was here, um, we talked about the definition of all. Do you remember what all means? Anyone remember what all means? If you don't remember, I'm going to help you one more time. I'm going to give you a definition for all. My Bible study group knows the definition, so I want you to help me this morning. All means all, and that's all all means. Okay? All means all, and that's all all means. Help me. All means all, and that's all all means. Now you know what all means. And the scripture says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he is going to direct your path. And that's exactly what happened to Gideon. Gideon decided he was going to acknowledge God because God was asking him to do some things that went against his thinking. Pick up the story in Judges chapter 6, verses 36 to 38. Gideon said to God, if, if you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised. Now friends, this is very important. When you go to prayer, make sure you're praying God's word back to him. Don't just come up with your ideas and then expect God to fulfill your wishes. Study God's word first. True faith begins when God's will is known. If you know God's will, you can pray in true faith. And that's exactly what Gideon was doing. He said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand as you promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there's dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. Exactly what Gideon asked for happened. What do you want God to do for you today? Is there something you're praying about that you feel like you want to put a fleece out? Now, I tell all my friends, do not live your life of putting fleeces out. No. There is nothing wrong with a fleece, being honest with you. I believe it all depends on your relationship with God. I've put a few fleeces up before, before to God, and they've worked. But I do not live my life off a of fleece because what happens if the fleece does not work? What do you do then? It all depends on your relationship with God. So Gideon put it a fleece, and God fulfilled the fleece. But Gideon, still being human, was not convinced. Listen to Judges chapter 6, verse 39 to 40. Then Gideon said to God, and I can see Gideon saying, God, 
Do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time, make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. So God did exactly what Gideon was asking him. And now God comes to Gideon and God says, Okay, Gideon, your mind is now renewed. I did what you asked me to do. But Gideon, you have a problem. And I'm sure Gideon looked up and said, God, I have a problem. <laughs> what do you mean I have a problem? And God outlines the problem in Judges chapter 7, verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me my own strength has saved me. God was saying to Gideon, I'm about to do something and I do not want anyone to take credit for what I am about to do. You know, friends, in my own life, I cannot take credit for what has happened in my life. I grew up in Jamaica in a poor family. I had no way of coming to America, going to any school, going to college. I had no way of doing that. But I gave my heart to Jesus many years ago. And God opened door after door after door. I remember sitting on stage at Carnegie Hall a couple of years ago. And I sat there with the orchestra and I said, Huntley Brown, how in the world did this happen? It's not because of you. Of course, you practice, etc. Yes, but this is God's doing. And friends, God is saying to all of us, He's not going to share His glory with anyone else. If you've ever been to one of my concerts, you know when I play, sometimes I get a standing ovation. What do I do? I point up. Friends, that's from my heart. I'm saying to my heavenly daddy, God, I know this is because of you. I thank you. And I could be here sharing stories all day as to what God has done. And God was saying to Gideon, I do not want you or anyone else to take my glory. Listen to Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. So God is saying, I'm going to do something, yes, but make sure you give me the praise and the glory for what I'm about to do. In the case of Gideon, to understand the magnitude of the task at hand, Let's look at Judges chapter 6, verse 5. It says, They came up, that's the Midianites, with their livestock and their tents, like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Now, Gideon was facing an army that was so large that in the natural, he knew he could not defeat this army. At the same time, God comes to Gideon and says, Gideon, you have too many men. To my mind, this would not make much sense. And Gideon is saying, God, what do you mean? You know, friends, I love history. You know, my grandfather fought in World War I. If you, have, you may have a picture here of my grandfather. You can put that up if you have the picture of grandpa. That's my grandfather. Now, grandpa fought in World War I. Jamaica was a British colony. And grandpa fought in Europe in Belgium. And grandpa had many stories of war. One story grandpa shared with me when I was really young. Um, they were in the trenches. At the time, they dug, dug trenches to, you know, to avoid the enemy. And grandpa said he was sleeping. 
And all of a sudden, something hit him in his side. And he woke up, he looked around, and there was nothing there. So he went back to sleep, and he got hit a second time. And he looked around wondering what was going on. So he said he saw nothing, he went back to sleep again. He said the third time, something hit him again. And this time he knew something was wrong. He said he got up and he looked around and immediately he heard a sound. And grandpa said the sound was this. Vivaptus. Vivaptus. And he said immediately his nose started to burn. And he grabbed his gas mask. He said he put on his mask and he woke up the other soldiers um, in, the, in the trench. And um, they grabbed their gas mask and put it on. He said, the Germans are gassing us. And grandpa said, whatever happened, he believed the Lord hit him in the side, sent an angel to wake him up. He saved his life. But grandpa said the next day, they went to the, the trenches over, further from them. And all the soldiers were dead. And he said, the only thing I could say was, I'm grateful these mothers never saw how their sons died. Because the gas had caused their body to bloat up. And grandpa had many stories like that to share. And I would sit at grandpa's knees and I would just soak up all these stories. So I got interested in war. I studied World War II like I'm going to school. And one thing I knew back in the early days. If you're going to war, the more soldiers you have, the better. Now, that, this has changed now. Now, modern day warfare, a soldier can sit in Colorado in a game room like playing a video game and can blow up an entire country using, you know, like video game technology. Not in the time of Gideon. In the time of Gideon, you needed more soldiers. The more bodies you have, the better. At the same time, God was saying to Gideon, you have too many men. No, to Gideon, I'm sure, he's saying, God, this doesn't make much sense. But Gideon's mind had been renewed. And when your mind is renewed, they start thinking like how God wants you to think. So now, God says to Gideon, Judges chapter 7, verse 3, Now announce to the army, Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. I'm sure Gideon was concerned. 22,000 men left to go home because they're afraid. 10,000 remain. And the army that they're looking at is so large you cannot count the army. You know, friends, you know I have a black belt in the martial arts. And if I'm going to go to war, you know, and I'm going to select a couple of people to go with me, I want somebody tall like Dan Cook who's six foot something, you know, who can come and have my back, you know. You know, I want somebody who can shoot a gun well. I want somebody who can think in a time of battle. I want the best of the best to go with me. You know, that's the kind of people I don't want around me. Now, friends, in God's agenda, God was now saying to Gideon, Gideon, you have too many. Send them home. So now, God was about to select the army. And God now says to Gideon, Gideon, okay, let me select this army. And God might be saying the same thing to you this morning. Let me do what you need me to do. It might make no sense at all to you. The key is, are you truly hearing the voice of God? 
I've said this over and over again. The most important thing you can do is learn to hear the voice of God for yourself. How does God speak to you today? Friends, God can tell you something that is so crazy, you wonder if you're going crazy. But if it's God, he'll bring it to pass. And the case of Gideon, God said, okay, Gideon, let me select this army. Now let's look at what God is going to use to select the army. Judges chapter 7, verses 5 to 7 says, So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, Separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. Very interesting. God was selecting an army not based upon what they drank, but how they drank. No, I can imagine you come to your general. He said, okay, well, we're going to select an army to go to war today. All right, what is the criteria you're going to use? Well, those who lap like a dog, those are the ones. They would think you're crazy. But that's exactly what God did. Because God wants us to know his ways are not always, neither are his thoughts or thoughts. Our responsibility is to say, God, is this truly you? And can you confirm that this is you? So now Gideon has an army of 300. And God is saying, okay, Gideon, I'm ready to use you. But I know you're still afraid. Are you afraid this morning? Are you wondering... Are we making the right decision? You might be about to go to school. You're saying, am I going to the right school? You're about to get married. Am I I doing the right thing? And you're concerned. God knows it already. That's why you must implement Proverbs 3 verse 6. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Go into God's presence and say, God, I'm concerned. God, I think I'm hearing you, but God, I'm a little bit worried right now. Can you confirm that I am making the right decision? You see, friends, God already knows that you're concerned. If you're afraid, God already knows that you're afraid. So listen to Judges, listen to Judges chapter 7, verses 9 to 11. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, Get up and go down against the camp, because I am going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid, if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they're saying. Afterwards, you'll be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outpost of the camp. Now God was saying to Gideon, okay, Gideon, go down to the camp of the enemy. Do not fight. Just listen. Maybe sometimes God is saying to you, go into a situation and simply listen to what they are saying. But God also said to Gideon, take a specific person. Pura. Why Pura? Gideon had 300. God could have selected anyone. But he said, take Pura. Why Pura? The scripture does not say but here's what I can tell you. There's a reason God selected Pura. And my question to you this morning is, 
Are you a poor? Who are the poorest in your life? If you were about to walk into a difficult situation, who would you take with you? Can your friends count on you to walk with them in a difficult situation? Because Gideon was about to walk into a life-threatening situation. And God said to him, take poor. So think about it right now, friends. If you're going to make a major decision and you're walking to a tough situation, who would you take with you? God said, take Pura. So they went, and they went to the enemy's camp. Now, friends, a couple of years ago, I was watching television, and the president at the time was awarding a soldier by the name of Clint Romachey, the highest military honor in the country. And I have a short video clip about Clint Romachey, if you can run the clip. You have some audio? There's few people I would follow to hail him back. And Ramesha is one of them. Now, friends, I wanted you to hear that. Now, do not focus so much on what he's saying, but the essence of what he's saying. And listen to what he said. There are few people I would follow to hell and back, and Clint Ramesha is one. Now, we know none of us want to go to hell, etc. Okay, we understand that. I'm not going to follow anybody to hell. But what he's saying is amazing. He's saying, because of Clint Romache's leadership, if he said to me, let us walk into a difficult situation, I'm going. Wow. Now, that is some kind of soldier. Romache distinguished himself in, I think, Afghanistan. And the question we have to ask ourselves this morning is, can our friends and loved ones count on us? Can we be Clint Romache's to them? Can we be poorest to them? So God said to Gideon, take Pura. And they got there. Now, this is where things get interesting. When God gives you a word, many times it's time sensitive. Obedience is time sensitive. I preached about that here before. Friends, when God gives you a word, an assignment, remember, obedience is time sensitive. So Gideon obeyed the Lord. He took Pura and he went. And look at Judges 7 verse 13. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. I'm sure Gideon is saying, wow, what a dream. I wonder what does this dream mean? Gideon did not have to wait too long. Listen to the interpretation of the dream. Judges 7 verse 14. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Wow. Imagine you are afraid. You are running because you're facing a task that's so difficult. And God is saying to you, do not be afraid. Trust me. Step out in faith and just obey me. And as soon as Gideon obeyed and he gets to the enemy's camp, he hears his name. The enemy is talking about Gideon. And the enemy is saying, this can be nothing other 
than the sword of Gideon. And he goes on to clarify who he's talking about. Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. And look what he says. God has. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Wow. With that kind of word, I am sure now Gideon is convinced. Now he has the assurance he needs. Now he's going to rejoice. Judges 7 verse 15 says, When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Now Gideon was ready. But my question is, why did it take the enemy to get Gideon to be convinced? Why couldn't he just rejoice when God says go? Friends, we're all in the same boat. Many times God speaks to us and we need assurance. We need something else. Sometimes we put the fleeces even though God is speaking. In the case of Gideon, God waited until he got to the enemy. And then God allowed the enemy to convince Gideon that this was his doing. You know, friends, sometimes I wonder about what, why God does some of the things he does. And here's what I realize. God could have said to Gideon, okay, Gideon, send the entire army home. Select 300 men. Pick this one, pick this one, pick this one, and just bring them on over here. God could have done that. He never did. He allowed Gideon to go through the entire process. Putting out fleeces. Going to guys drinking like a dog. The whole process God went through. And to me, friends, what that tells me is the journey is just as important to God as the destination. The journey is just as important to God as the destination. Sometimes you're wondering, God, what are you doing? God, why don't you hear my prayers? Except just trust God because he has a plan and he wants to use you. So Gideon followed God's plan and they had victory. Now, I don't think God was even upset with Gideon. You know why? Because I believe God had his eye on the goal. Many times I do marriage counseling. When I do marriage counseling, the first thing I establish is the goal. What is the goal of the counseling session? Once that has been established, I figure a way out to get to the goal. God's goal was for Gideon to lead the army to victory. And God's goal is to use you to have victory in whatever area God calls you to be obedient to him. You know, there's a singer, songwriter who wrote a song. He's a wonderful singer by the name, by the name of Matthew West. And he wrote a song I'd like to close with this morning. Now, I'm not going to sing the song. You guys should say, okay, yes, don't sing. <laughs> I can see my friends Dave and Priscilla say, thank you, Lord. Don't let Huntley sing, okay. <laughs> so I'm not going to sing this song, okay. But I want to read a few words from this song for you. It says, I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble, no thought. How do we ever get so far down? And how is going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven and said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. I created you. And that's what God sent me to tell you this morning. He created you with a specific assignment. 
God sees the best in you. He saw the best in Gideon. He saw the best in me. He sees the best in all of us. And God is saying to all of us this morning, can I trust you to fulfill the assignment I have on your life? God never said it's going to be easy. But he said if you only trust him, if you only acknowledge him, he'll come alongside you and help you so you can have victory. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, God, that you are with us. We thank you, God, that even when it does not make sense to us, we can lean on you, we can trust you. Because we know you see the big picture. Father, we thank you that you saw the best in Gideon, and you see the best in all of us. God, I do not know, Lord, what wars my brothers and sisters are facing right now. I do not know, Father God, those who are facing a battle called cancer, or those who are facing marital problems, or those who are depressed, or those who are wondering, God, if they can take another step. But Father God, I thank you that you promised us in your word, you are never going to leave us or forsake us. So God, help us all to keep our eyes on you, to simply acknowledge you, and then walk in obedience to what you share with us. So I give you thanks and praise God that this is going to be a week of change in the life of your people. And that those who have been praying for answers will get those answers this week. In the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen.